Well, I'd just like to say it's been a refreshing experience to be with you all. I want to thank you for your kind hospitality. Pastor, your staff has been great. They brought a basket of goodies that would be enough to kill a healthy man. I'm telling you, just all kinds of kindnesses, gifts, the, the van. Uh, I want to make a little address here to the joker that put the black cat in my van yesterday. I just want to... I just want to I like your sense of humor. <laughs> I got a kick out of that. And it's just been, uh, just been uh, refreshing to be here among you, and thank you for your kindness and your, and your good heart. How many of you enjoyed being around Dave not so young this week? Um, boy, we appreciate his preaching. I'll tell you what, he relates to every age group, every gender. I'm telling you, uh, he's, a, he's a hit and a fit. Uh, we have him in our stuff. <laughs> So we say he's a hit and a fit, so we appreciate him so very, very much. And uh, he wears glasses, you know. It's old timers wear glasses. Uh, Pastor Van Gogh, you don't have any glasses, but look at Dave Young back there with glasses on. So I'm wearing mine now to try to make him not feel quite as old on his 50th birthday. <laughs> so we look forward to getting good reports in the coming days about what God's doing here in this ministry, and I mean that. All right, now, there was something else I wanted to say. Oh, I know what I wanted to say. Uh, we, we have developed 10 videos uh, to go along with 10 of these chapters. So, instead of trying to market these to you, if you're a broke college student, if your father's a millionaire, you're out. But if you're a broke college, if you're a college student and you'd like to have those uh, videos on the protocol, uh, we can give you a password to get into the portfolio and we'd like to do that. You just email me, let me know, and we'd be happy to do that for you, okay? Now, I don't have a, <laughs> I have a different, I have a different kind of message this afternoon. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about one thing, and then we'll talk about a second thing. But I want to talk to you for a moment about the teachability protocol. The teachability protocol. How are we to approach God? Well, Jesus said this. He said, come unto me and learn of me. And if you're going to learn from Jesus, you have to come to Jesus, and you have to be humble enough to be taught. He said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly of heart, and you shall find rest into your soul. To take up the yoke of Jesus means to uh, let go of that oppressive yoke of sin and leak up to the Son of God, which is a liberating yoke. Now, somebody said that uh, most Christians want to serve God as advisors. Serve God as advisors. But God doesn't want your advice. God's not interested in my opinion. <laughs> God's not interested in my suggestion. And if you're going to approach God, you're going to have to be humble enough to be taught by Him. That's why He said, come unto me and learn of me. Remember in uh, John how the uh, mother of Jesus uh, got word that uh, the wedding host had an embarrassing dilemma. Uh, they had run out of wine. So Mary found out about it. She goes to Jesus and what did she say? They have no wine. He didn't she, she didn't recommend how he might want to remedy the problem. She didn't have any advice. Uh, she had never seen water turned into wine. So she just goes to Jesus and tells him uh, what the problem is. Old Halsby said that uh, prayer is telling God what you lack. 
The simplest form, prayer is telling God what you lack. Intercession is telling God what somebody else lacks. So she goes to Jesus and she simply said, they have no wine. And he left it, she left it in his hands. And of course, they got a miracle out of it. Now let me tell you what a learner is. A learner is someone who is willing to unlearn what they never should have learned in order to learn what they should have learned in the first place. A learner, what is it? Someone who is willing to unlearn what they should never have learned in order to learn what they should have learned in the first place. And in the life of prayer, unlearning is very important. Let me say that again. Unlearning is very important. Did you know that uh, prayer is just as much about listening as it is about speaking? It's the listening protocol. And teachability goes right along with this. Now, if you've got everything predetermined and set out and you've got it all sorted and you know everything and you don't need to consult with God, then you're not a learner. But Jesus said, if you're going to come to me and learn of me, you've got to be meek and lowly in heart. God is the most flexible or the most humble person in the universe. <laughs> Jesus humbled himself and became obedient unto death. So praying people are flexible. Say that out loud. Praying people are flexible. They have learned to hold their preferences lightly. I was in a meeting. I don't know if I told this or not. That's a bad sign. I'm trying to make Dave feel better about his 50th birthday. That's why I'm giving these illustrations. All right. So I was in a meeting one time and there was a young millennial guy preaching and uh, he wasn't doing nothing for me. I, I mean, he had these little cartoons and I'm thinking, uh, so I said to my son, I said, hey son, is this good? Oh yeah, this is good dad. Oh, okay. And then a little while later I said, uh, is he connecting? He said, yeah, Dad, he's really connecting. And I'm sitting there thinking, he's not connecting with me, but he doesn't need to connect with me. He needs to connect with the kids here that are 25 years and under, and I'm good enough to understand, big enough to understand that uh, my style preferences in preaching are irrelevant. If the man's got the hand of God and he's preaching and he's connecting with the generation, that's where it's at. Say amen right there. So I'll go home and crank up B.R. Lakin and, uh, you know, or whatever. And, and, uh, but, 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 but again, <laughs> I can't, <laughs> learners, praying people uh, are, are, are not attempting to make God compliant <laughs> with, their, with their preferences. They choose to acclimate themselves to God's ways. They're willing to be taught. So that means they're moldable, they're movable, a, a learner. Now, <laughs> Uh, when it comes to learning to pray, uh, individually and corporately, humility and hunger are the keys. And God's innate humility requires the same from those who would learn from Him. He invites us to learn from Him and, and directly uh, from His Him if we'll come. So here's, here's the teachability protocol, all right? So here's three questions you need to ask as long as you're alive on planet Earth. Here's three questions, the teachability protocol. Question number one. Lord, what do I need to subtract? Lord, what do I need to subtract? You know, as you go through life, you accumulate all of these things, all of these ministries, all of these opportunities, all of these things that you're doing. And there comes a point where rather than memorialize something that's lost to fire, you need, if the cow ain't giving milk, kill it and make hamburger. Somebody said, well, what's your plan for the prayer advance? 
I, I, I don't have one. If the Lord wants to continue it, he'll raise up somebody, and it looks like he's doing that. But we're not going to have prayer advances just because we've always had prayer advances. If the glory cloud lifts and the fire ceases to fall, then, brother, we'll thank God for the season that we had, but we're not going to try to keep something going for the sake of history. Uh, brother, oh, Lord, what should I subtract? Then implement. Number two, Lord, what should I add? Lord, what should I add? And, you know, the older you get, the more you need to subtract. Huh? And, and by the way, don't try to do a thousand things. Don't dabble in a hundred things. Do one thing well. Become an expert. Do your assignment, all right? So, Lord, what should I add? Lord, what should I subtract? But number three, Lord, what should I change? Now, if you're not willing for God to talk to you about what needs to be added and subtracted and changed, you are already out of business. I never thought that the people who were the most opposed to formalism and ritualism and traditionalism would become worse than Catholics. I never thought that would happen. But I'm just here to tell you, brother, uh, you, 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 listen, listen, you need to be an essentialist, an essentialist. And there's essentials that can't be dabbled with. But brother, your heart better be teachable. Lord, what I need to cut out. I can't, I can't go 49 weeks out of the year. I just can't do that. I just can't drive 18 hours and get up and preach 10 times. I just, I can't do that. I, I, I just, I can't set for 15 hours. I just, so, so Lord, what I need to subtract. Lord, what I need to add. Lord, what do I need to change? And I'm telling you, it's the teachability protocol. And if you'll just listen to God's speaking voice and act accordingly, It'll be good. Now listen to the application. Rule, refuse to limit your future by remaining at your current level of understanding. Following Christ is a lifelong pursuit. It's not just rehearsing the same stuff, but it's, uh, it, it's holding to the things that are most certainly believed among us, but it's reaching forth for more. Unless you reach for more, you're going to end up with less than God's best. Humbly ask the Holy Spirit to teach you to pray. Boy, if I prayed that one time, I prayed that tens of thousands of times. Lord, teach me to pray. Then the three questions, and then finally, fourthly, uh, adamantly resist the tendency to rest in your own understanding. Keep reaching up to God with open heart and hands. Stay teachable. It's the teachability protocol. And he's going to lead us through this thing. See, I was having a conversation at uh, Cafe Zupa. Zappa. What's the name of that thing? Zupa. Zupa dupa dupa. I mean, <laughs> yabba dabba dabba. <laughs> Who ever heard of a cafe Zupa? But it was excellent. I mean, it was tremendous. But but I got I got stretched on some points as we were sharing, and these oh wow really hmm. and and understanding can stay teachable, stay hungry, keep reaching. I'm telling you, reach is the evidence of desire. Pursuit is the evidence of desire. So it's the teachability protocol. So that's one. Now what we're going to talk about now. Switching gears here, all right? Everybody good with the teachability protocol? Say amen. Okay, number two, let's talk about inner man praying. Inner man praying. Now, the book of Ephesians is an inexhaustible well, uh, well of spiritual uh, truth. It talks about the wealth, the walk, and the warfare of the Christian. You could spend your whole life studying Ephesians and never come to the end of it. So I think... Uh, what we're going to address here today is this. Don't pray what you've learned by heart. 
Learn to pray from your heart. Don't pray what you've learned by heart. Learn to pray from your heart. Now, I've seen hundreds of church prayer lists, uh, hundreds. And one thing stands out about these church prayer lists is that uh, the vast majority of requests are for outer man concerns. Rarely will you see a, a prayer bulletin with uh, uh, inter internal uh, concerns. Rarely will you see a prayer bulletin that only has God's concerns. I just put together this thing called How to Resurrect the Prayer Meeting, and one of the suggestions is uh, on one prayer bulletin, have no human request at all. Have only requests for God's name, God's kingdom, and God's will. And I said, that will surely get the people's attention. Let me just say this. Ritualists have no interest in a life-giving prayer meeting. Traditionalists have no interest. Religionists have no interest. Moralists have no interest. Unsaved church members have no interest. But spirit-filled people are longing for a life-giving prayer meeting. Now, now, now listen, most of these requests on the prayer bulletin have to do with the outer man. The physical body, sickness, external things, finances. We're told to pray for those kind of things in the model prayer at the end, not at the beginning, right? So scripture addresses physical concerns. 3 John 1, beloved, I wish above all things that you might prosper and be in health. Now that's an outer man request. Uh, James 5, is anybody sick? Call for the elders, let them pray and anoint, and the prayer of faith will save the sick. That's an outer man request. A daily bread is an outer man request. Now, the outer man is worthy of prayer, <laughs> yes, but the inner man is even more valuable. So I want you to look at Ephesians chapter 3 for just a moment. Uh, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. Now consider this amazing prayer that Paul prayed for the Ephesian Christians. This is stunning. Uh, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. Wow, what a, what a prayer. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14. Now notice the direction of the prayer. For this cause, I bow my knees unto the Father and Lord, and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole world or whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by His Spirit. Say it out loud. Where? Where? Hmm. That He would grant you to be strengthened with might by His Spirit in the inner man. Now, this is inner man praying. It's talking about the heart, the soul, the mind. Uh, it's an amazing prayer. And it wasn't just for the apostles or the super saints at Ephesus. It was for everybody. He prayed this for everybody. And what Paul prayed for the Ephesians, we should pray for ourselves and for others. Now, why this preoccupation with the outer man when it comes to uh, most prayer meetings? Uh, why, why the preoccupation uh, to the total exclusion of inner man request? How come? Well, I wonder if we've not majored on justification to the neglect of sanctification. I wonder, uh, is it fair to say that uh, a lot of uh, churches today, they're really good on Christ's death for us, uh, but very weak on Christ in us? Is that fair? Is it fair to say that a lot of churches are really good on what Christ has done, but real weak on what Christ can do? Real good on substitutionary atonement, but not so good on spirit-filled living? 
Hadn't that been refreshing from, from Dr. Dave, not so young, to hear about the spirit-filled life? Hadn't that just been great? It's just been tremendous over there in Ephesians. Tremendous. Now, now look in verse 16 of Ephesians chapter 3. Uh, notice the heart of the prayer, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with his might by his spirit in the inner man. Now, look at this. That Christ might dwell in your hearts by faith, accommodating the Son of God in your heart. The home two suites by Hilton over here is really good, okay? That's, where I'm, that's my accommodation. That's where I'm dwelling. That's where I'm living in these days. Well, it says right here that Christ might uh, dwell in your heart by faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints. Now, look at this. What is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height? Wow. And to know the love of Christ, uh, which passes knowledge. Brother, there's some things that are, that, 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 that are beyond reason. There's, there's just no way to comprehend this. And, and, and I'm telling you, that's what worship is all about. It's not about a cerebral system. It's about a inexplicable, all-power, holy, loving God. I'm just telling you, brother, to be caught up in the, to know the, the depth and the height and all of these kinds of things, to know the love of Christ that passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Wow, what does that mean? Filled with all the fullness of God. What a prayer. Now unto him that is able to do unto you, do exceedingly abundantly above all we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. Is that some kind of prayer or what? Now, consider those lofty requests that Christ is going to live in your heart by faith, that you're rooted and grounded in love. I'll tell you what, <clears throat> but as you go through life and things happen, you got to guard against cynicism. You got to guard against cynicism. You heard the one about the older lady. She was hard of hearing. The children said, Mom, Mom, we're going to get you a hearing aid. The mom said, I don't want a hearing aid. They said, But Mom, it'll help you hear better. And the mother said, I've heard enough. And you know, when people do you wrong and when church crooks take advantage of you, did you know a, a guy that goes to church is a, and, and is a crook, he's still a crook. And, and these things hurt. And you know, it, you've got to guard against becoming cynical. Not everybody's a bad person. You know, and you've got, you've got to quit broad brushing things, you know, and quit broad brushing groups. And you just got to deal with people on an individual level. Keep your heart soft. That the love of Christ, you be filled with the love of Christ, that you might be able to comprehend and know the love of God and be filled with all the fullness of God. Now, this prayer has nothing to do with externals. This prayer has nothing to do with labels. This particular prayer has nothing to do with the outer man has nothing to do with outer appearance. The focus here is on the hidden man of the heart. It's the internal of the inner man. And he says that you might be strengthened. That means empowered uh, to increase in vigor. And the focus on this prayer is on the inward empowerment with might, dunamis, the, the, the dynamite power, the miraculous power of the Spirit of God. And the objective here is endowment of this power in the inner man, the unseen man. Now, Paul poured out his heart in this prayer for the Ephesians' inner man. And if Paul prayed that kind of a prayer uh, for the Ephesian Christians, shouldn't we be praying that for ourselves and for one another? 
the eyes of our understanding open, the illumination, there's teachability here, there's the capacity to receive. Did you know, did you know there's a lot of good-hearted guys uh, out there that's pastoring churches, but they're not open to be taught anything by the Spirit of God. I'm just telling you, there's not an ounce of teachability. There's not an ounce of humility. If God wants to conform to their expectations and their ways and their thoughts, they're good with it. But if he doesn't, they're going to go down with the ship. And I'm just here to tell you, brother, you better get in step with the Spirit of God. You be, listen, the Spirit of God will never lead you contrary to the principles of the Word of God or the character of God. But He might lead you different than the way He led people a hundred years ago. I'm just telling you, I'm just telling you, you got to stay in step with the Holy Spirit. Now, these things were written for our example. So let's focus on inner man praying for just a few moments. Why is there an apparent reluctance to share real life issues? Why do seemingly conservative churches have a hard time for people to share their personal struggles. Why? Uh, why are there so few inner man requests? Could it be that we value our bodies more than we value our inner man, our souls? Now, when we value the inner man as much, much as we do our bodies, the prayer request is going to reflect this. Man, I've been struggling with worry here lately. Somebody, hey, y'all, y'all help me. I, I need some help here. Uh, uh, listen, when, if genuine revival were to come, it would not eliminate outer man request. There'll always be outer man request because it's perishing. But if revival, when revival comes, the inner man request would soon dwarf the outer man request. Because there's a liberty. Man, I'm struggling with anxiety. Man, I'm in a battle here. I need some help here. Now, uh, we were in Huntsville, Alabama. We were having a meeting one time and... Uh, we started having what we call afterglows. Afterglows are just testimony meetings where people could come and share what God had done in their hearts uh, during that day. We had 24-hour testimonies. We didn't want anything over 24 hours old. What has God done for you in the last 24 hours? Don't tell us how you got saved three decades ago. I mean, that's a dead church that's got that kind of thing going on. That's all I got to talk about is something hundred years old. Look, God, God was doing something, so they'd come up to the upper room, and there they would share these requests. I could tell a funny story, but I'm going to resist as much as I want to tell it. I'm not going to tell it. So they would share their hearts. Now, this lasted till after midnight. And uh, it was just, it was Cornea Fellowship, man. That's all it was. We were exhorting. We were testifying. We were rejoicing. We were praying. We were bearing other people's burdens. People got set free from all kinds of stuff. Uh, uh, tremendous, tremendous. Uh, I was in Signal Mountain, Tennessee one time, and uh, God visited the meeting. We extended it to 15 days. We were having afterglow meetings. Boy, people would come, share the report. It was heavenly. It was incredible. We were back there one time having an afterglow meeting, and this lady showed up at the door that had a, a corkscrew look on her face. And uh, she stood there, and she said, I've had such bitterness in my heart towards some of you people. But she said, I'm here to get right with God and to get right with you. <laughs> well, she did. Her unsaved husband, who never comes to church, showed up at church the next night because he saw something in his church-going wife that was different. He showed up and got saved. All kinds of things began to happen. And it got to the point in that meeting where uh, I, around midnight, I'd leave and go to the trailer. I'd say, Lord, you and the Holy Spirit can handle it from here on out. I'm just going to go on over to the trailer here. But it was absolutely incredible. And there was this, this uh, real life issues. 
And, and people were being set free from all kinds of bondages. It was amazing. By the way, in a revival atmosphere, uh, things can be shared that would be totally inappropriate to share in a larger context of unrevived people on Sunday morning. But in the context, in the context uh, of a revival atmosphere, people are, have liberty to share. We've had people who have been abused and every other kind of thing get set free, and they're not, they're not glorifying sin, but buddy, they're so happy they just can't stand it, and they just, they just say things, and it's not out of place. Are you with me? And, and, and it's amazing. Uh, Roy Hessian said, the more specific the confession, the more real the revival. The more specific the confession, the more real the revival. Now, pride causes a person to conceal and cover up. Pride causes a person to conceal and cover up, but humility empowers men and women to confess and open up. You know, we started our prayer advances way back when, and not out of any great vision uh, to have anything. <laughs> it was out of need. Another evangelist and I decided, boy, we ought to start the new year off on our knees praying. And then we got to thinking, well, maybe there's some pastors that feel the same way. And uh, lo and behold, about 30 pastors showed up. No pre-announced speakers, no platform, no, no, no program. Just we're here for three days to meet God. Well, we opened up our hearts to the Lord. We opened up our hearts to one another. That's where we developed the uh, spiritual CPR prayer meeting. Round one, confess your sins to God. No asking, no thanking, only confession if we regard iniquity in our hearts, God's not listening, so there's no use to say anything until we get our hearts clear, right? And, and men would confess their sins. I remember one time in Belva, West Virginia, uh, a young evangelist, man, I was having these real revival prayer meetings, CPR meetings, and we were in there one night, and I started out, and I was confessing my sins. Hmm. One guy came up after and said, man, we didn't know preachers had any sins to confess. That's what he said, Really? And, and, and you know, that just gave the green light to the other guys to get honest, to get open. Boy, they confessed everything under the sun. I remember one guy, he's, he was a deacon. He's in there praying. He said, oh, God. He said, God, God, I hate visitation, God. I just hate visitation, Lord. And he was just opening up his heart. Bob Hassel did a pastor's CPR meeting. And one of the pastors said, Lord, I confess I've not been tithing. Can you imagine the pastor himself has not been tithing? I, I mean, but, but in this atmosphere, it's just we're, we're, we're encountering God. We're not trying to impress one another. We're just telling God the truth. And the best meetings are when we have, people have no awareness of the presence of men, they have only an awareness of the presence of God. Oh, boy. The more specific the confession, the more real the reviving. Now, let, let's talk about it for a moment right here. What are some inner man requests? Not outer man request, but what are examples of inner man request? Uh, help me out over on this side and uh, give me some examples of inner man request. Okay, inner man request for illumination and understanding. Excellent. What are some examples of inner man request? Excellent. Worry. Anxiety. What else? Fear. Inner man request. Boy, I've got some fears here. What else? Pride. Inner man request. Keep coming. Insecurity. Disbelief. Excellent. What else? Hardness would be an inner man request. I need to be broken. What else? 
Strongholds. Yeah, man, I'm wrestling with this thing. It's a pattern. I got a problem here. What else? Hurts. Forgiveness. What else? Oh, excellent, excellent. Lack of love, lack of contentment, lack of peace, lack of discipline. What about unkind responses? I was in Madison one time, had our uh, ton truck, took four spaces to, uh, uh, to park the thing in front of Biagi's, another excellent uh, restaurant, Biagi's. Hey, Odyssey boys, see me after this session. You Odyssey guys, see me right after this session. But I was parking, it took four spaces, and I come out of the uh, restaurant, and I had a note on my windshield that only somebody from Madison, Wisconsin could express themselves in that way. Unkind responses. You know, I'm going down the road sometimes, rejoicing, listening to my favorite songs, having a big time over there, you know, just worshiping God, and uh, all of a sudden somebody comes by and they do something or make a gesture my way, and all of a sudden, uh, the peace of God, the fruit of the Holy Spirit goes flying out the window, and here I am fuming and fine. What kind of... I ain't never going back to Madison, Wisconsin, and all that kind of stuff, you know, just, just. Unkindness, bitterness, hatred, depression. That's an, that's an inner man request. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going through a season of, of, of murkiness. By the way, uh, people in the Bible who knew God the best had their seasons of uh, uh, cloud pit experiences, eh? What about uh, lack of faith, uh, lack of hope? Lack of self-control. The Bible says confess your faults one to another and pray for one another. That's inner man praying. It's praying for the inside person, the real person, to where they can say, ah, I just need some help. Boy, I'm so thankful I have friends. I can call them up and say, hey, I'm struggling. Man, I'm really I'm under attack here. Not doing so well. And they help, help give me perspective, you know. And then they pray for me, you know. And, and it just helps. Now, uh, we're going to have an inner man prayer meeting here this afternoon. Uh, we were in Rives Junction, Michigan one time, uh, Canadian Revival. We're having a conference, and um, Roy Hessian, the Apostle of Grace, was there. He wrote The Calvary Road. How many of you, how many of you have read The Calvary Road? What a book. Well, he was there. He, he speaks just like he writes. That <laughs> was the secret of his. He was so real, so sincere. Well, we were having a men's meeting, a couple hundred guys in there, and People were verbalizing requests. When all of a sudden, one guy, he, he starts confessing his sins out loud. Yeah. And he starts weeping. Then he'd say something else. And then he'd weep some more. Then he'd confess another sin. Then he would weep. And he took him a while to get through the list. And after it was over, Brother Hessian started laughing. And he wasn't laughing at him. But he was laughing with him. And he said, Brother, I think we're all in the same boat. And this man who had opened up his heart was sharing his inner man request. Now, what's common to one is common to all to a later, a greater or lesser degree. And don't think you're the only bizarre person on the planet with your predispositions and your tendencies. You're weird, but there's millions of other weird people weirder than you. All right? That's okay. Just, 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 and it's, it's a real relief when you finally figure out everybody struggles with something. That's a real relief. You know, wow, I'm not the only one, you know. And, and you think, you, you get around certain people and you think, man, they got it together. And you read their books and it's all, 
you know, it's all the perfect ideal and it's only positive examples. And I know some of these people that write these books. And can I say something to you? They're just as messed up as we are. And if you want to put forth that persona, people can't identify with perfection, but buddy, they can identify with weakness. So we're talking about being real here. We're not talking about self-pity or anything like that, but we're just talking about being honest and being open. Now, we're all family here today, and we're people who care for one another. So I want us to focus uh, for a little while on some inner man requests. So could I encourage that we just be honest? Honesty is so rare, it's refreshing. Candidness is so rare, it's refreshing. Ah. Uh, and enlist some prayer support and be open and practice the one another commands. Now the one another commands, pray one for another. Bear one another's burdens. Confess your faults one to the other. Exhort one another. Forgiving one another. Forbearing one another. That's the dorm. That's the dorm. You ought to put that on the front of the dorm. Forbearing one another. You know what that means? Put up with each other. Yeah, and you think you got the weirdest roommate. They think you're the weirdest roommate, all right? I mean, that's just it. Yeah. Everybody's normal until you get to know them. Ah, uh, so forbearing one another. <laughs> Boy, I could tell you some stories about Bible college. When I have the guys alone, I'll tell these stories. <laughs> Love one another. Now look, openness brings brokenness. Say that. Openness brings brokenness. Brokenness brings uh, a oneness. Uh, where there's no openness, there's no brokenness. Where there's no brokenness, there's no oneness. Where there's no oneness, there's no revival. So openness, vulnerability, brings brokenness, which brings oneness, which is revival. So uh, let's get down to the heart of the matter, which is the condition of our inner man. And uh, I would like for us to uh, pray for inner man requests. How many, of you, how many here this afternoon would just say... Uh, I've got some inner man needs. How many would say that? Well, we all have inner man needs, right? So we need to be strengthened from within with his power in the inside man. So let's, let's pray like that for a moment this afternoon. Now, what I'm going to recommend, we break up in groups of two or three. And um, I want us to uh, share an inner man prayer request. Just one. Just one. <laughs> Narrow it down to one, all right? What do you need right now? Like, like, what do you sense you need? Now, let's base this on what we've been hearing from Galatians. Uh, the fruit of the Spirit is, say it out loud, love, joy, peace, gentleness. Yes, against which there is no law. So let's uh, pray. Let's have everybody share one inner man request. And then the other person pray the fruit of the Spirit over them in that situation. Okay? And then why don't we pray uh, for the other person uh, over their inner man request. We pray the fruit of the Spirit over them. But let's pray the fruit of self-control over one area in our lives. So somebody says, well, I'm really having a problem I'm worried about my father he's sick or whatever and we pray the fruit of the spirit over him oh, you know this faith and so on and so forth and and then pray for yourself uh, for the spirit's control over one area that you sense in your own life your own inner man request and then flop it around and pray for each other okay
Now, now look, look, look. I don't think we ought to have an inward focus. I don't think we ought to be navel-gazing all the time. But I am saying that in the New Testament, there is a place for one another-isms, and there's sure a, pray, a place to pray uh, with big prayers, man, some inner man requests prayers. Just like Paul prayed for the Ephesians, we should pray for ourselves and pray for one another. So let's have, have a little huddle right here, share an inner man request, pray the fruit of the Spirit over that, then pray the, uh, uh, the, the fruit of temperance or self-spirit control in your own life over one area, and then pray for each other, okay? So let's, uh, let's uh, do that, and we'll... Uh, Pastor will come and close in a few moments, all right? So huddle up with somebody you hadn't prayed with today. Somebody you hadn't prayed with today. Guys with guys, girls with girls. The old energy it when it used to be.